What is up, everybody? Happy Wednesday. Fanzo, happy Wednesday, dude. Happy Wednesday. I tell you what, that song, man, I, I can get jam out to that song all day, every day, no matter what like mood I'm in. That's a song uh, that, that that brings me uh, you know, lots of joy. And a win for me today is I can actually show up for Wednesday. Uh, I think you changed the time, right? Because like all of a sudden I saw it and like I always try to jump in, but I'm, I feel like I'm always either <laughs> in another space or on a weekly call. So for the win for me is getting able to share the stage and, and hang out with everybody today. That's definitely a huge win and uh, it's much appreciated. <clears throat> we actually, you know, Coach B is uh, such a, a critical factor of like everything that we do and um, putting together the Wednesday spaces, you know, was just a kind of a, honestly, it was really just a public conversation. Um you know, fans, we, we talk about this all the time, too. It's like, it's, honestly, we should just have our Zoom calls and our conversations publicly. And for what we should, uh, <clears throat> we should not, we should also invite and have people come up and share whatever's going on in their life, right? Because I think in the Met Athletes community, it's really, we see a lot of value when we understand what each other are going through or there's honestly, it's just an easier way for us to support each other too. Right. Um, I know I've been doing a lot recently. If I'm like, Hey, you know what? I, I need to get back to my, my morning workouts. I'm just throwing it out there to the group. If anybody wants to, to, to text me, to DM me, to hold me accountable, I'm just throwing it out to the group. And so, um, in addition to things that we're looking to accomplish, I think just sharing the wins is also, I mean, I know I do, I get immense joy from having like a group of people that generally care. And so whether it's a degen play, whether it's a, a metric, whether it's, uh, you know, staying consistent on working out anything, right. There's, there's a whole, there's different ways that we can kind of piece together, you know, things that we're looking to accomplish, but it's always great to be able to share that with people. And um, that's where these Wednesday, you know, spaces came from. Uh, but coach B, the reason I bring this up is coach B is uh, going through a transition of, on season to off season, some of his teams are going off to playoffs, like the, the ice hockey team, which is, I think, going to be in Tampa next week for the final four, which is really, really exciting. Um, but his schedule was like crazy. So uh, we wanted to move it away. We didn't do one last week and we wanted to make sure that we had a opportunity to, to chat with some people today and connect. So um, that's awesome, fans. So appreciate you for, you know, appreciate you coming in and uh, definitely a huge win. Cass, I saw you had your hand up. So I'd love to shoot over to you. Happy Wednesday. Hey, happy Wednesday. I was trying to just click emojis and I clicked the raise your hand emoji, but hey, that's cool. It's just, just uh, raising my hands in the air. It's, it's a Wednesday. Uh, like you said, uh, happy Wednesday. Happy to be up here with, with you, Drew, and, and, and fans of you uh, as for you as well. Certainly a big fan of uh, all the podcasts you put out and learning some stuff. So yeah, happy to be here, man. Big fan of Met Athletes, as you know. So always here to support you and, and the cause and, and do whatever I can. Yeah, I really appreciate that. It's uh, it was great to uh, great to be able to to throw that support your way with some of the stuff that you did uh, this whole month with Lazy Sports and um, and uh, Cass. I'm also going to find that tweet and throw it up to the top two. Um, really great article. Appreciated that that you threw Met Athletes way to give people kind of a a high level macro view of what we're doing and our mission and everything that we're building. And uh, yeah, really cool stuff with. Uh, with lazy, I heard you. Uh, maybe we don't have to talk about this if you don't want to, but I just heard kind of through the grapevine that uh, you were one of the unfortunate ones that didn't uh, that publicly or you thought that you had won the ordinal from lazy lines, but ended up becoming a little bit of a flaw. Is that true? <laughs> That's true. I, I guess the uh, the joke is I got rugged by glitch. Oh my god! I know. <laughs> 
I know Fanzo got rugged a lot by Glitch too. Uh, I heard some of his his uh, dark uh, you know stats, uh, orb stats and whatnot. But uh, but yeah, I ended up doing a little spin wheel thing where you kind of gamble the um, the dark energy that you earn, and so it's fun. And I won, but then it also said, "Hey, you also won an ordinal mint pass. Congratulations, stand by." And so I was super excited. Um, but lo and behold, it, I'm definitely not the only one who got that somewhat of a false alert. A couple other people got it. Um, and, uh, yeah, unfortunately it was the UI kind of spitting out incorrect information, but, um, you know, on chain, like, which, you know, is the beauty of the game that we're in, right? Everything's on chain. If you, if you check the chain and the transaction and the transfer, they, they do transfer the kind of the mint pass for the ordinal in the future right away. And so those that did, uh, actually win it, got, you know, got that mid pass right away. I was not one of them, unfortunately. So it was just a, a UI mix up, or I guess, uh, as Asher said, a um, glitch, glitch actually uh, providing a glitch, if you could say that. So, yeah. Man, it, it really <laughs> sucks to hear because I'll tell you the first thing, you know, when I heard that you had won, the first thing I said was like, that's amazing because that guy deserves it. And uh, then I got a message like 30 minutes later and heard it was a false alarm and I just felt really, really bad. But um, yeah, it, it is crazy. It's it's a really cool concept. And uh, I will say I haven't been, I've been on Twitter a little bit today, but uh, it looks like the team is doing a pretty good job of, you know, clearly communicating that out there and, and connecting with the people that ran into the issue. So hopefully it all gets squared away. But uh, man, it does suck because I really want to for you. I'm not sure which which is worse. Like I, I, I ran the wheel three times. Uh, I was the first one to to get the negative 800 and then I got negative 300 and then I decided <clears throat> I'm going to, you know, be patient and wait till the next day. So this morning I woke up and I did it and I got negative 500. And so like, I'm not sure if getting three negatives is worse than getting the false positive of like, but I, I like you said, uh, Asher did a great job of, of sharing that and is the beauty of the blockchain that we could actually see, uh, you know, who was getting what, but um, I actually loved it. I thought the, the whole concept of what lazy lines did with the open edition and, and like, for me, like that's like, I'm, I mean, I mean, I'm a gambler to begin with. Right. So give me any chance to go all in and push my chips in and, and, and see what the hell happens. And, you know, I, I probably would have liked that. I probably liked the negative better than if I would have won like a hundred than a hundred. And then I was still wouldn't have been anywhere close, but um, I feel for you getting that message because I got a bunch of I was in the discord seeing everybody like I was like, wait a second. Not all these people could be winning ordinals like what the hell's going on? <laughs> like this doesn't seem like it's like the percentages seem a little bit off. But um, but yeah, at least, you know, at least you didn't get rugged for negative. And and I, I thought I was the most negative person, but apparently um, someone today has got more negatives than me. So uh, I was going for the best golf score uh, on over there with Lazy Lions. And apparently I'm not even going to win the golf score. So I'm, I'm, I'm negative loser in the glitch game. <laughs> well, and I don't know if you heard fans though, there is an alert they put out that there might actually be a prize. I don't know what, but a prize for the worst um, dark energy score or the most negative score. So, I mean, if you're not too far off, you might want to keep playing. <laughs> Um, now you tell me that's not the right things to tell me right now. Uh, and I actually, I suggested that in the, when I first posted, like I was one of the first people that posted like the, the fact I got rugged and I was like, well, I wonder if they do something creative. Um, although I will say, um, I listed my, cause I had, I had a couple of weath offers on my negative 800. And so I listed it and it sold right away. So, uh, <laughs> for whoever wanted to buy my negative, I mean, my, I free rolled for the second one off of my selling my negative 800, uh, for pretty much the exact same thing I minted the first two passes for. So, uh, I'll take that as a win. I think on my account, it does show like my total 
negative glitch or whatever. But um, yeah, I, I I probably should just stay away from that because uh, yeah, Drew knows Drew knows the gambling side of me is uh, I I'm, I will I'll just keep hitting that damn button until I uh, you know I have enough you know until I until I lose all my liquidity. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, and that, hey, I think you stuck into the wheat bots right there, man, because I, I think we all know that there's wheat bots lurking around different projects and just blow, throwing blind bids. And so there you go. You throw a blind bid and you get a negative uh, a negative score in a T that's really, you know, worth worthless, really. Um, so that, that's hilarious that that happened. But but you're right, Fanzo. It's definitely a super, super cool initiative, you know, Mint and, and things that they put out the door with the open edition that evolved, you know, each time you bought an NFT, the, the open edition um, dark energy grew with each, you know, purchase. And so technically you only had one NFT the whole time, but the NFT evolved as you purchased more NFTs. And so, you know, that's a super cool concept. Um, it re went really well. Like you said, I haven't really seen that before, but you know, if you think about NFT use, use cases now and in the future, it's a super awesome idea. I mean, imagine, um, instead of minting a membership pass for something every month, uh, and then you have you know 12 membership passes clogging up your wallet every year and all sorts of things like that, imagine if you can have an open edition pass that every time you mint a new membership pass or you just do something within that membership, it just evolves and gets more valuable, right? And then same concept, you can still decide to sell that super valuable evolved membership or you can keep it and keep adding to it and evolving to it. So. Anyways, I just I get excited about the use cases. I thought it was a super awesome one that we haven't quite seen before. Yeah, that's a great point, Cass. I think um, some of these some of these open editions, um, you know, in in my opinion, are they have like such a short shelf life and and lifetime, I guess, value add. But I agree with you that you know the way that they built it. Um, almost seems like it could be geared up for something past this, uh, even past the ordinals mint, which I think is super cool. I think it's really innovative. It's obviously a huge trend right now. Um, it's interesting to me because I think a lot of people, and I'll give it to Asher that he actually explained it in like super layman term in, in a space the other day, and um, I actually appreciate that because I haven't done my own research on <clears throat> on ordinals or what that looks like or how people mint it or what's the process. Um, so that was a nice little plug by him. But um, I want to shift it over just a little bit. Um, but fans, I will say that that's an interesting concept the, to do the uh, the lowest <laughs> the lowest score because if anything, that does mean that that person uh, participated a ton of times, right? So you technically are being rewarded for participating more. What's interesting, what kind of scares me is you can go down to like negative a thousand, and then you play a couple more times, and then you kind of boost yourself back up with some pluses to uh to like five hundred. So it really is gambling. You, there's not even like a there's not even like a winning route to get the most lowing uh, low score number. But um, oh, trust me, I was about to go to another wallet and be like, <laughs> okay, well, if I start at zero from my other wallet, like how do I like how do I make that happen? Um, but you know, like you know, it goes into your you know, you, you know, this is Wednesday, you know, and like, even just like the inspiration, motivation, like, you know, like what you said about like shared experiences, right? I think the whole piece of this is like, when you're going through anything in life, good or bad, it sucks going at it alone. Like, I don't care who the hell you are, like, you know, even alone in the sense of like, not knowing that others are either championing you or others are there alongside of you. Um, and I think the idea that you can you can build together, like this has been, I mean, Drew, you've heard this, I mean, longer than anyone, right? This was actually, I think, on our train up to NFT NYC before the podcast was ever launched. One of my like pet peeves and like soapboxes was like, 
I would love to know who is held. Like, I want to see like if you know if if Cass has been a lazy lion holder since Mint. There should be a way for me to recognize that and feel that like in the PFP or in the like represent like I want to and it's not like who's better than who, but like it's like hey those of us that have been ride or die since the beginning of meta athletes right like all of a sudden we're able to like you know our backgrounds have a neon tone to them because now it shows everybody that is still holding on to their mint right or you know and like the I think that concept of like you know, and Drew, you and I were talking about a completely different project on like the evolving, you know, components of, you know, NFTs and evolving. But that, I think that also goes into just like, you know, how do we keep each other motivated? How do we keep each other, you know, incentivized? And, and, you know, for me doing something every day, you know, two years ago would have said, you know, I still don't think it was possible, but then like, you know, there were a lot of people that didn't know, like, I mean, how many people, in our ecosystem started something that was like a daily thing, you know, inspired by our podcast, but we like, we didn't know like together we were all doing that. And like, it's such a disappointment because like we could have leaned on each other and been like, Oh yeah, this sucks. Like who the hell would have ever agreed to do this on a daily basis. But I think that goes into working out that goes into eating. Right. Like, you know, like I know like in that, you know, group DMS, like, you know, when the, the pushup contest last night was going on, I saw it. And then I saw you tagged me drew. And I was like, damn it. And I was like, I do not give in to Drew's peer pressure very often. And then I was like, wait, they're doing this on public tweets too? I was like, damn. So I, I told myself, I was like, if I'm going to sit here and watch the Penguins game, then I'm going to damn do the push-up video. And I did the push-up video. But like, that's a great example of like, you know, kind of how, you know, inspire, motivate each other, kind of incentivize each other. And, and it'll be neat to be able to integrate that into NFTs as well. Could agree more. It was, uh, it was something that was totally out of the blue. But, and I'll be honest, like at first I was just like, I was like, what is going on here in the chat? Like, you know, people, you know, videotaping themselves and throwing these pushups. And then I was like, you know what? I mean, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know. It goes back to what you said, Fanzo, in terms of like being connected and um, the public tweet. I mean, there's a lot of good people that chimed in and joined. I saw Anthony from uh, Bulls and Apes. He he dropped down and and videotaped and threw it in there. Uh, A lot of great people did. I thought it was kind of cool, actually, and something that, um, it kind of kickstarted a lot of like thought process for meta athletes in terms of uh, rewarding people for participating, but also for kind of throwing it out there and like challenging some other people too. Cause I think that uh, it's, it's something that's much needed in web three and NFTs, like not just challenging people to pushups, but honestly just like challenging people to take care of their health and to look at, you know, it's so, it's so, it sounds silly, right? Cause it's just a push up video, but that's kind of the overall feeling that I got when like, it was like five people and then 10 people and then 20 people and then 30 people. I was like, oh, this is actually kind of a cool chain reaction that we saw on social media a few years ago with like ice bucket challenge and, and bringing awareness to things like bringing awareness to mental health and taking care of yourself and just self-care in general. And web three is that is so needed. It's, it's insane. Like, and that's what honestly, as a recent, probably last like one to two months of meta athletes, I think me, coach B, uh, a few of the team members and really just some of the community. Like, I think we're starting to see like, this is something that, is not just for a sports fan, but like everybody probably needs a little bit of meta athletes in their lives when it comes to uh, prioritizing self-care and prioritizing. And even for me, it's a lot of learning too. Like there's, we just did a, we just did a, like a 30, 40 minute episode on hydration, like drinking water. But we talked about, you know, uh, a lot of like great practices, a lot of you know brands and, and things to look out for when it comes to, you know, what's legitimately helping you and, and helping you optimize versus what's marketing. And it kind of goes back to that conversation we had supplements too. And um, so there's, it's not just, it's not just the accountability aspect. It's also um, 
the knowledge is power, right? The knowledge, like being able to know what to do is half the battle. The other half of the battle is actually what you're talking about before fans are like being consistent and uh, being disciplined to continue practicing something long enough to either become good at it or to become, maybe it's, it's for your health. Maybe it's, you know, to keep yourself healthy and longevity and uh, everybody has their why, whether it's, you know, like you, you have three kids and they're extremely important to you. So maybe that's a why, maybe that's why you get up and work out and, keep yourself hydrated and and uh, and focus on your diet, nutrition, right? A lot of these things usually have that kind of like driving factor. And I think meta-athletes can help draw that out of some people. And um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm just quickly realizing like everybody needs it, right? And that's what, it's why I'm kind of a little bit bullish. <laughs> well, of course, I'm always bullish, but as of recent, it's been coming to fruition with like a handful of like founders and other team members like saying, you know what, like Web3 has been a little bit of a struggle for me for my personal health and self-care. This is a great reminder and like instantly plugging yourself into a situation where um, you see other people doing it. And, you know, as a byproduct of being around it is kind of, and you know, it's kind of uh, vibrating over and being a little bit uh, contagious, if that makes sense, Fanzo. No, for sure. And I mean, I mean, I will, I, you know, maybe someone that was doing the pushups yesterday probably realized that they hadn't got out of their chair for six hours straight um, at that point when I stood up to do the pushups and I was like, wait a second, I'm still wearing my slippers. Like what the hell is going on? Like I still literally had my, my, these giant oversized slippers. My daughter's got me uh, that my feet were cold, like before lunch. And I did those pushups when the penguins game was on, which started after 7 PM. So that's like seven hours of sitting there. Right. And, and the other part of it drew that you met up, you brought up that I think is important is, you know, like oftentimes we don't know what questions to ask. And then even on top of that, we often are afraid to ask questions that we feel either will make us look dumb or we're the only ones that are dealing with it, right? Like that's why ADHD, I talk about it so freaking much is not because I like, I want to pound it into people's heads, but the amount of people that will, I got a DM yesterday from someone that actually bought one of my pieces of art. And he said, he's like, Brian, I heard you on your podcast a year and a half ago, talk about ADHD, finally was in my doctor's office three months ago, brought it up in conversation to the doctor. The doctor was like, oh yeah, of course you have ADHD. You didn't know that. And he's like, well, why the hell wasn't I, you know, the option to medicate? And so now he's going through the medication thing and he, and he sent me the message and he was like, Fanzo, I would have never even thought to even bring it up or ask. And I was like, like, how crazy is that in this world? And it, it goes to everything in our lives, right? Like from, you know, even from like, the, you brought up the ordinals thing, right? Like it's, it's one thing to like, you know, to be in this space and be in the know, but like, where, all, where is the opportunity for us to be, you know, continue to be curious but also be inspired by others that are curious that probably know what we don't know, right? Like even when, like I think someone posted in the group DM and they said, um, actually it might've been, uh, it might've been towels. Actually, I'm not sure who it was um, that said something about, you know, is there, is there such thing as too much? Um, how was it? It's a, uh, it was like too much, not supplements. It was like too much. What the hell is in Propel? What's the stuff that's in my, I'm looking at my oh, Propel. Like bottle is that what you're talking about? Yeah. So like, you know, cause I, every, every single Friday I get a case a Propel water delivered to my house from Amazon every single Friday. That's what I drink. I don't drink soda. I drink Propel water. And then I heard like, is there too much things as, is there, is there such thing as too much? What is it? What was it called again? Uh, electrolytes. Electrolytes. See, I want to call, I want to start with that with an H. Is there such thing as too much electrolytes? And I was like, Oh shit. Like, I don't want to like, is that a problem? Like, and I, I would have never even like dawned on me. And then now, like now I look at my bottle and I've, I've had three propel bottle water bottles today, um, which, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm drinking water. But then I was like, shit, am I, am I having too many of these damn electrolytes? Like I wouldn't even have known to ask the question if someone hadn't brought it up in the, in the, in the group DM. 
Yeah, well, first of all, I think you'll be all right with uh, a few extra propels. But it is an interesting conversation. Like me and, me and Coach B, we went back and forth. And it actually was really cool because what you just mentioned in terms of like people having questions, um, you know, we're probably like five or 10 minutes away from sitting down to do this podcast uh, with Coach B. And I was just like, you know what? Like I kind of have a, a general plan and we have, you know, a couple studies to refer to. I have a couple questions that either I'm curious about or I think ge- the general public would be curious about. But I like threw it to the MA group and I was just like, Listen, we're about to do a podcast on, you know, hydration and uh, importance and significance, you know, of hydration in general. Does anybody have any questions? And like 10 or 15 people hopped in like right away and just had like all these questions. And so, uh, Fanzo, it's it's totally true. And I think that, you know, one of the things that we recently launched, it's called CoachBot. And it's so simple. Like CoachBot is, is just a way to throw in a message, um, a struggle, a question, and get a on-demand response from our from our coaching staff, right? That's in our Discord. And the reason why I thought CoachBot would become really popular, and it has, like people have started using it and chiming in, is because maybe people are a little bit worried to kind of throw out an issue out to the public or in a group chat. And, um, you know, one of the first things that we always, like when we hear somebody like do something like that, like one of the first things either a team member or myself or Coach B will be like, well, thank you for being vulnerable and sharing with us. But, you know, maybe not everybody's willing to be that vulnerable or to want to share it out there, but they know they're struggling with something or they know that something's bothering them. And so that's why uh, we really like the idea of CoachBot. One, because it's, it's literally on-demand coaching from the mentors of the top 1% of the world in, in the athletics uh, and, and sports. But it also allows you to maintain a little bit of, you know, privacy, confidentiality to, you know, what whatever they might be going through. And so we thought it actually would be a little bit easier for people to share. And, and it has. And I think... Um, you know, one of the things that we've been seeing a lot recently, like people are dealing with like a lot of stress related issues and not even realizing that it's stress related. You know, they just kind of feel these symptoms and they have things that kind of like hold them back or exhaust them and drain them. And um, so, you know, it's really, really cool is we're able to gear our content directly to what the community is either going through as a group or going through in the majority. And so, um you know, we're building a lot of podcast content directly around this idea of, you know, what does our community, what is our community either curious about? What do they want to know? Or, you know, what is the most, I think a lot of conversations are like, what is the most low hanging fruit that everybody could do that doesn't cost a ton um, to really optimize their movement, their mental, their, um, their nutrition, their diet. And so, um, yeah, Fanzo, those are some great points. And uh, Cass, I saw you threw your hand up. So I'll throw it over to you. Yeah, man, I just wanted to be curious. I don't want to break your train of thought because you always spill some good some good knowledge out there. But uh, yeah, I was just going to comment like, you know, as far as what Meta Athletes is doing, uh, I think to kind of maybe put your words in a quick phrase that I, I coined from you really is, you know, you're building a mastermind uh, on chain or on blockchain, right? And so, like you said, you're you're kind of translating all the knowledge that you and Coach B know, uh, along with the other the professionals that you're recruiting to be coaches and mentors within that athletes, you're, you're able to share that with all of us that like Sanzo said, you know, it's, it's too many electrolytes too much, or, you know, something along those lines, um, there's too much water too much. My, my son was asking me that. And I, I told him yes and no, I guess it depends. Right. But uh, you know, it, it's, it's good to translate these things, you know, put it on chain, put it in a digestible area for us in the discord, in your podcast, all the things like that. And then ultimately, again, it, helps us transition to helping win in life, right? And that's that's the other 
uh, I think motto that you you say quite a bit, and I think I think you definitely hold true to that. So um, I guess for yeah, those in the audience, if you didn't see, um, I did pin something up at the top there. Um, there was actually a conversation that me and Drew had. Gosh, Drew, was that back in like October, November? Like it was it was quite a long time ago, and it, it's just. It's funny to see that the same things you were saying back in October and November are the same things that you've stuck with this whole time, uh, you know, up till, you know, we're almost in, in April now, right? And so you're you're sticking true to your game. You're sticking true to the focus of meta-athletes and, and kind of providing all that value. So anyways, I, I thought it was a great opportunity to kind of rewind and recap that conversation we had back then because definitely don't want to have a good conversation die um, within Twitter spaces, right? So let's just bring it back to life, <laughs> highlight all the good stuff you're working on. So anyways, uh, if y'all haven't had a chance, check that article out and it's, it's, it's great stuff. Yeah, Cass, it was, it was a quite a bit ago and um, it, it is really cool to see that. And I think, um, listen, we've, we've never been afraid or like shy to talk about if we need to pivot something because they just want, it makes more sense for everybody involved, makes more sense for the team, makes more sense for the community. Um, I think one of the biggest driving factors of meta athletes is one, our values, like why people like myself and coach B or, and Fanzo are like really pushing this forward. And it's because there's also a lot of purpose behind uh, what we're doing. You know, like a lot of people in this space are building IP, they're building games, they're building a metaverse, they're building, you know, things that I think are, are more geared on the entertainment side. Um, but meta athletes, it's totally, it's a passion and purpose driven, you know, collection and mission. And I think one of the things that, that really drives us is our values, right? Like the values that we, all of us, me, fans of coach B, a handful of the teammate, all the athletes involved. Um, we came together last summer and really put together this mission that one, everybody was aligned with, but it's also a mission that the community can can adopt and then start to get actually push for themselves. And to me, that was like the most exciting part is um, I've seen founders come up on spaces. I've seen founders on the roadmap. You know, they, they're like, this is what I would like to see, or this is my vision. This is what I want to see happen. And uh, you know, maybe are a little bit closed minded to <laughs> what the community wants. And when, when somebody threw out this concept of like just winning in life, if like, if we just focus on what can we control you know, what, what do we need to learn, grow, develop to understand how we can win in life? And it could be as simple as your sleep habits. It could be what you're consuming. It could be your hydration fanzo, too many electrolytes. I don't think I've never heard of that, but it could be a thing. Um, it just felt like such a great mission to push forward and felt like a worthy cause for us to, to like build the culture. Right. And so we've always had this idea of, uh, we have these values that drive the culture and then we have this culture that drives an outcome. And, those are the things that we're really looking to do. Like uh, coach B will tell you too, when he's in his, when he's in his weight room or he's training a team, um, he's looking to build a culture in that team and in that, in that weight room and in the facility and with the organization, um, coach B is not always going to be there. Right. And same thing to go, you know, with the coaches of that specific team, like the coaches aren't always going to be there. They're not on the field. They're not on the ice. So there needs to be a culture to, to basically like mimic and a culture to kind of go to when things get tough. And, I think with meta athletes, like even hosting this Wednesday space, right? Like it's, it's kind of a normal space, but just by building culture of it being Wednesday and sharing wins, um, it just, it helps us build this idea that the community is not only aligned with it, but it's also easy to share with other people. Um, so I feel like we've barely even really like touched the surface of what this brand could be, but at the end of the day, whether it was like October of last year or August or this month, um, 
cast, it just feels like the culture is exactly the same or the values that's driving the culture being built is exactly the same. And so that to me, that's the roadmap, right? It's like the roadmap of meta athletes is it kind of endears like this leadership quality of like, and I tweeted this out the other day. I really liked it. It's, it's, we know the way we go the way and we show the way. Right. And that's how I feel about coach B. Like coach B is extremely experienced, but you saw him doing those pushups. <laughs> he, even, he even did some one-handed pushups and like, this guy knows the way and he spends, he spends his day to day showing the way. And the, to me, that's a great leader. Um, and that's what I, I think the meta athletes, you know, community all the way up to the team can, can really body is like, you know, we're kind of doing this ourselves, you know, we're going the way. And then the next step past, like, you know, getting to a, a, a level of um, whether it's a level of excellence or success or whatever it might be is to, to actually turn around and like help others. And so that's the show the way aspect. Um, but yeah, that's honestly what gets me most excited about building this is um, we've had a handful of people, like even you know, like even the people on stage, but people in the audience that um, have come in and in some facet, you know, whether it's professionally, mentally, physically, um, they've definitely seen some growth and can, can, can attribute that growth to being a part of meta athletes. And um, to me, that's way more impactful than a floor price or trading volume. Um, but as uh, as Ben from Killer Bears would say, you know, there's also this game, right? And we realize that you know, meta athletes being built on blockchain during this time, you know, this time frame, it does need to kind of tie in a little bit to that world because ultimately that's going to help us find more reach, more you know, accessibility, more awareness for what we're doing. And um, so we are aware of like some of these things that we need to kind of build in, in some capacity, but at the same time, it kind of goes back to just being mission driven for us. Um, but Cash, yeah, I really appreciate that. Great article. Um, look forward to see some of the more, you know, some of the other partners that you're able to connect with and bring to the forefront so that people can understand, you know, some of these other great projects. Like Knights of DGen, I think is another great one that not a lot of people in the space know about, but to me, like they're they're totally underrated, right? So hopefully your uh your content playbook and uh ability to to do some more media can bring some awareness to some other projects. But um Fanzo, I had shared a I shared a pretty big win today and it was, I gotta, I gotta hear your, your take because I've, I've asked a couple people today and the Twitter algorithm is just like, it's just blew me up today with, with Nakamigos. Like I can't even go to the the normal time, just the timeline in general. It's just like a Nakamigos timeline. So I gotta know, and I'm very curious to hear your take now that it's been like almost a week since the project has come out, has it taken over your timeline? Have you thought about getting in? What are your thoughts on Nakamigos? Well, first of all, the the Twitter timeline is like a, um, I mean, we think the chaos of Web3 is one thing. I mean, how the hell do we even know what goes into the timeline? Like even organic reach on this platform is, I mean, I, I put out tweets that are like the same formula that I know worked like a week ago and it gets like 400 views. And I'm like, what in the F is going on? Um, so it actually hasn't taken over um, my timeline other than I I have spent a little bit of time like researching it. You know, I, I was messaging with you. Um, you know, I, I think I have a, I come from a little bit of place of bitterness in the fact that um, I owned three of the original uh, NFTs that apparently would have been eligible for the free airdrop. Um, but I didn't claim them because I didn't know that they were even launching or doing or part of that. Cause I minted whatever the, whatever the MF or, satoshi end of day whatever the hell that nft was way end back yep. yeah end of satoshi like i it's in it's in the mint 365 collection 
it's also two. I also have two of them in my bag personally, but I didn't even know that I was actually in, um, I was in girls night Thursday night space. And Liz was talking about the fact that she got one. And I was like, wait, you got one for free. Like what the hell? And so I missed that. Um, but I also say like when the end of Satoshi project dropped, I bought into that knowing that it might not be much of anything, but it could be something later on down the road. Like, so in a weird way, I like hedged my bets to be like, okay, this is like, you know, the whole concept was weird. Um, watching, you know, like the momentum around it, like knowing who's in it, um, is definitely interesting. Uh, I'm proud of you for, for taking, taking some of your, uh, profits along the way. Uh, I think we've all learned that that is like the easiest thing to tell people and the hardest freaking thing to do for anyone that believes in any project is to like, Oh, I have five of them. I should probably pull out my profits of three. Like we say it, we say it as if it's like the freaking easy thing to do, but like, let's be very truthful. Like you're like, well, no, wait, I want to five times my, my 10 times by having five of them. Right. And I messaged you today, Drew. And I was like, dude, so proud of you for doing that. Like such a smart move. I was like, look at a couple of these things that like, to me were not, I wouldn't even say they're red flags, but they were things that like, you know, like I look to look at it and say, what are other trends of NFTs in this space? And like, how can we align them with, right? Like, and I remember Goblin Town, right? Like, I mean, I, I mean that tweet that I put out when Goblin Town hit 0.9, I mean, I celebrated. I was like, dude, I just took profits like a freaking boss. Like all of y'all suck. You don't even know what's going on. I minted this bad boy for free and God, and by the time I went back to my Twitter two hours later, I believe the floor was like 1.6 or something at that point. Um, and I was celebrating my 0.9 win as if that was like the, the greatest NFT player in the, in the history of the game. So I like, I understand like that whole piece of it. And I even mess it when, you know, when you and I were messaging drew, I was like, I was asking what you had left. And I was like, you know, like for me, you know, based on what I see, I think it's definitely a project to, to hold, um, you know, have one of them and kind of play along with the the game. But I, I wouldn't want to be holding, you know, too many in my bag for any of these, like, you know, these type of projects where it's no discord, it's pretty much all momentum and like kind of the right people kind of pushing things forward. But you also have to say like, you know, if this, if it comes out that there was like a, a bigger play to understand, like from the very, you know, from the end of Satoshi uh, original drop, like, I mean, that's what that's what Truth Labs did with Goblin Town, right? And that's what um, if you look at some of these other projects, like they're like playing the the long game of believing that something's gonna come back full circle. Like, I mean, Drew, are our in betweeners gonna come back anytime soon? Like, is is Bieber and Geo gonna you know eventually just come back to us and 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 do something with our damn in betweeners? Because I think we have we have boxes now and we have in betweeners and we have nothing else. But I I, I say that to say like. Um, I'm not jumping in because I also have learned the hard way that when I realized something was good that I missed, I would rather cheer that on than jump in too late. And it ends up being something that even if I am able to pull a little bit of profit, I'm more bitter that I wasn't in there to begin with. So like that's that's probably my my maturity of NFT game is that uh, I'm much better at being OK missing something now um, and cheer. Like I said, I was cheering for you this when I woke up this morning, I, I immediately opened my floor app. Um, just to check where it was. And I was like, sweet, like Drew's off on a, you know, cause like, you know, Hespola was the other way, right? I was, you were deep in the air and I was cheering for that just cause like you said it was going to be something. And then I'm opening my app and being like, dull, like that sucks. It's going the wrong direction. So long way of saying, I'm not jumping in. I'm happy that you're, you're kind of riding the wave and I'll, I'll ride it with you along the, along the way. And, and who knows what the hell this will all turn into at the end. 
Dude, you had me laughing. You had me laughing so much about Goblin Town. And my mind always goes to Mechaverse, but I forget. And we don't have to talk about that. Oh, don't tell me. You're just trying to needle me? <laughs> when ETH was like 50,000. But um, Goblin Town, I definitely forget about. That's a great story. Um, there's so many good things that I want to chime into. The uh, the first one is in-betweeners. It's only a matter of time. I actually, I'm, I'm, I'm a believer still. I, I'm pretty sure, I'll go check, but I'm pretty sure he's still... Justin Bieber still has the uh, in between her PFP on Instagram. With, like, he does. He does. I checked the other day. He does. But hey, we got a, we got a hoodie too. Did you not get the hoodie? Nope, didn't get a hoodie. Damn. Okay. That. See those uh, those Drew House hoodies are like they go for like one fifty, and so I think this one actually has some uh, some secondary value on it as a IRL hoodie. It's like a, it's a digital. It has the physical and digital version. But um, I totally agree about taking profits. It's one of the hardest like. When I woke up this morning, so I had sold a bunch yesterday thinking, you know what, Drew, like you're really, really smart. You're tracking this. There's dips and then it comes back. There's dips and then it comes back. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to sell off pretty much everything. And then tomorrow I'm just going to go buy the dip again. The dip never came. And so it does kind of suck because I was holding even more of these things. But um, it really brought me back to perspective. I mean, there's a handful of people that were just like, you know what, like just de-risk. Make sure that uh, something like this, you know. All it could take is literally one tweet for this thing to like totally flop. And um, I think there is a lot of community being built and there's a lot of culture being built with uh, the Nakamigos project, but um, we've just seen it, right? And we've just seen it too many times before to to not, or to take that risk. But um, yeah, I'm in a pretty good spot with it. I, I like where I'm at. I think it's a really cool project. I told myself I wasn't going to change my PFP, just honestly out of respect of being a founder for a project. And uh, to me, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know what, I just, well, honestly, Twitter blue too. Like I lost my blue check mark. I just thought it was worth it though. Cause I think it really is. I think it's a movement. I think that, uh, you know, there's a couple projects that I got into within the last probably like two months started off as DGen. Then I realized that, you know what, there's like a little bit of culture here. I think I'm going to buy a couple more and hold on to it. Um, but the culture has to mean something too. Right. So the one thing I'll say about, Knock Amigos, that's a little bit different from some of these other projects I've I've kind of started to pay attention to is the Satoshi like lore and the story of Satoshi is not just something that somebody made up, like a founding team just like made up and like this is our lore, this is what we're building. Um, this is you know a couple of tweets and a video on our our website. The the Knock Amigos lore and like Satoshi lore is like it's all things that already like it's happening like right now. Like you feel like you're in the story because this guy like he played everybody by thinking that this last one was going to be a rug and it ended up becoming a free mint, you know, pass for a project that's now sitting on a 0.4 floor. And the fact that MFers, um, you know, I think MFers probably hold like 25 to 30% of the supply. And so there's a huge MFers community behind it, which is obviously like this, uh, Satoshi's like big project. Right. And so the one thing I will say that's really cool to be a part of is like, it's not manufactured, lore if that makes sense fan though it's like we're kind of living like real time in this like really like loyal dgen storyline um so there's kind of a cooler factor there to kind of like play into but um Subes, i saw you had your hand up so i want to shoot over to you hey drew how are you i, uh, I love hearing the enthusiasm you have for nakamigos um in fact I, I think i sent you a message as you were going through your DGen, and I was like, man, you got, you, there, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> um, 
But I just wanted to, I wanted to circle back to the whole Meta Athletes community project real quick. Um, and I just love the concept of the, of, of the team and the community. Because quite frankly, like I got into this just because I like interacting with people. And it's, it's so much more fun to win together and to support each other. And that's what draws me so much into this particular community amongst others. So, um, and then, you know, there's so many, and I, I think I've said this before too, there's so many intelligent, smart, kind, wonderful people in, in this group. Um, and just by being in the chat, being in these spaces, you almost learn by osmosis, right? So in my daily life now, when I go out and I, and I talk to people and I'm interacting with people, I, I find myself more, almost more as like an extrovert now. I, I'm asking questions that I would never ask before. And um, so it's just, I, I just think it's a really cool community. You learn no matter, you know, whatever you're trying to learn, there's someone there that can help you. Um, that's really all I wanted, wanted to say today is just, you know, it's a great group and, and, and love being part of it. Yeah, thanks, Hughes. And uh, we really enjoy having you a part of it as well. And uh, there, yeah, there's so many great things there. I mean, I I constantly find myself, I wouldn't say it's at the level of like, you know, joining like CrossFit or um, pickleball is like the new one that everybody's like dying to chat with people about. But there are times where like I'm able to take this information that I, I learn and uh, gain awareness from from being in such close proximity to either our coaching staff or honestly, there's a lot of value shared between community members, whether it's, um, whether it's, you know, eBooks, whether it's a book recommendation or a documentary recommendation or um, something that they've experienced that they've been able to work out themselves. Like there's, there's a lot of value that's shared that uh, I definitely, I agree with you that I kind of find myself taking that knowledge and, and applying it in some other conversations as well. So, um, and I think that's a beautiful thing. I think that, that's something that is uh, a combination of growth and passion. And uh, Sue, from the start, I've always known that you've been a guy that just wanted to help people. And so um, if anything, this just makes you even more well-equipped to help other people uh, in addition to yourself and your family. So uh, I love that share. So when are we doing a pickleball together? I mean, we, there has to be a pickleball place between you and I. I've never dude, played. Dude, you Everyone believe- in my freaking Facebook feed <laughs> is like, I mean, I have two people that have pickleball freaking podcasts now. And I'm like, if I don't play this, I'm going to really like, we just have to find a place between the two of our houses. I mean, there has to be like a 30 minute drive from each of us that we can, uh, we can jump in on pickleball. Whenever you're down, because fans, you won't believe it, but my parents, when I grew up, I had a, uh, I had like a little inline rink in our parents' backyard. And uh, I was super fortunate to have like the sports court to grow up on and play like lacrosse, hockey. Uh, It was kind of set up as a tennis court, but it was a concrete, you know, surface so we never really played tennis but they totally converted it i want to say like almost two years ago they totally converted it to a pickleball court i want to say like they kind of did it before it was like really really popular too um it was like quickly gaining popularity but it wasn't quite like at this level that we see now but um <laughs> they have a pickle court in their backyard i've never played on it once but what? Uh, I, do, and I get to hang out with your dad who is just a, a badass human on top <laughs> of it dude count me in uh, let, let's make it happen Oh my God, we're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to set up a, uh, a tournament of sorts. But um, another fans of one of my clients, and I think you might know them, Mylak Hockey. They're like a, a really legacy like street hockey Dude, brand. I have Dude. more <laughs> I have more pictures of me as a kid wearing Mylak gear than I do pretty much any other gear ever. Hell yes. So they're I, I love Mylak, but they um, they they messaged me probably a month ago, and they're like, Hey Drew, like we're thinking about you know diving into a new product line. 
Um, we're going to probably need to, re- you know, ramp up some of our, some of our campaigns and things like that. And I had no idea where they're going. I was like, you know, maybe like a <clears throat> new like street hockey goalie, like line or something. And they sent me pictures and it was mock-ups of pickleball, like pickleball paddles. And I was so pumped because it's just, it's just everywhere. Like there's, you know, professional leagues popping up, um, big time tournaments popping up where like celebrities and people are getting involved. And uh, yeah, so it is really cool to kind of see like this explosion of growth from a sport that's so simple, right? It kind of just feels like, <laughs> feels anybody, like life-size ping pong. But anyone that wants to hear like the funniest version of pickleball, um, Pat McAfee had McEnroe on the pot on, on the Pat McAfee show. Um, and holy hell, was it the like funniest 30 minute segment because he called pickleball, like the fat man, lazy, pull up a chair sport yet. He's getting paid. He has a chance to win a million dollars or whatever it was to play in like this crazy pickleball tournament with like Sampras and Agassi and a bunch of people. But his whole like thing on it was such like this, like bitter old white guy, get off my lawn. Um, this isn't, you don't need to be as big an athlete. And like, uh, it's a really fun, like, I think the clips up on YouTube, you can just like, I think it's Pat McAfee pickleball. You just search it on YouTube and it's worth watching just hearing McEnroe, like (laughs) him just share his take on the sport, which made me actually want to get into it even more. Cause like his, like his like version. Cause like I try, I tried tennis. Um, yeah, that, that was one of the sports where I was like, yo, I'm going to stick to the, you know, the hockey and the baseball and the, you know, football and the other things that I played growing up. Uh, cause tennis was just not my, not my sport to, to begin with. But, um, I, I love that drew. I think there's uh there's something there and you know, and like, why did pickleball grow? Like Tom Brady owns a team or whatever. Now. I mean, part of that is because like, you know, coming out of the pandemic, people were looking for like, I mean, like I was, I mean, it's it, pickleball to me is like the version of beer pong that doesn't make us alcoholics. Right. Like, so it's like, like, how do we get, how do we hang out and create some version of a sport? You know, it, it was like bowling growing up. Like if, if bowling was in, if they had removed smoking from bowling alleys early on, like we probably all would have like this bowling background, but like we didn't because like the experience just kind of, you know, you smelled and you also had to hang out with a bunch of people that you probably didn't want to hang out with for uh, a lot of <laughs> different times. At least that's how it was growing up for me. Like, like we had a bowling alley across from the ocean uh, in Virginia beach uh, growing up. And I swear it was like, the people that had just gone from being homeless to not homeless decided to spend all their time in that damn bowling alley. And like I was playing, I, I bowled uh, pretty regularly for a, a good while, but that's why I think of pickleball as that. And I think it is, it's like the perfect experiment of like, it w- if TikTok and Facebook find a hobby that, that they can share on both of those channels, watch the hell out. And that's technically what pickleball became, right? Uh, there's so many, I've heard this like in, in a lot of different fashions. And I think, Honestly, I don't know if you compare to social media platforms, but 100%, I understand what you're saying. I think what I think the big picture is tennis is like I never grew up like, of course, like you had a tennis racket, um, you know, like you grew up like messing around with some of these sports and some of them stick and some of them don't. Um, I think the reality is tennis is probably an amazing sport and extremely fun to play, but there's probably a connotation and there's probably a little bit of like a a barrier of entry into being, I guess, effective. Are right? you saying like, kinda? I mean, let's be real. It's, it's, it's like, I, I don't it's know like golf and the masters. Like, let's, <laughs> let's be real. Like, there was there was lots of uh, of implemented barriers and status, whatever you want to call it, that that forced the sport to be less mass adopted on purpose. I believe, like that, my own personal opinion. Yeah, like yeah, the, you can probably count. The amount of times that somebody has who is not a golfer that's played golf, but they probably like a ton of times have played like putt putt, right? 
and I'm not comparing pickleball to putt putt, but in the same time, I think it's a it's a easier to pick up, a little bit less difficult version of tennis, which. Uh, just from you know friends that I know that like, who are totally obsessed with tennis, like they love playing tennis, and even if they're not that great, like it's still really fun to them. So I think pickleball is a way to kind of jump a couple of those like barriers and get into something that you can be a little bit more effective in. Uh, have it be a little bit more fast paced, not as taxing on your body <laughs> as you were talking about. So that's why I think it got picked up is because if if more people experience tennis, tennis would probably be a very popular sport, same similar to golf. If more people experience golf, they would probably be more inclined to continue playing or at least try to get better. And so that's what I'm kind of equating it to is like, it was just like one of these like one-off moments where it became cool enough, just cool enough for people to like go out and try it one time and then realize like, Oh, that was actually kind of fun. We should do this again next week type of feel. And now it's just like, it's, it's just picking up a ton of momentum. Um, but yeah, of course it helps to have like, you know, these big time, like Gary V, I think owns a pickleball, like a professional pickleball team. Um, so there's like these little pockets of like pop culture that are kind of like spreading across the sport that I think makes a ton of sense of why people are, in- I mean, I'm interested in it. And if like, I could care less before, like tennis was never like that big to me. I probably, if you would like invite me like, Hey, do you want to go play tennis next week? I'd probably <laughs> have some type of excuse or some type of injury that I wouldn't be able to make it out there. But I kind of felt that way about golf too until last year and I'm disgustingly obsessed with golf. Like I've spent when I, when I can take liquidity away from buying NFTs and put it towards something in real life, like that's when I know I'm obsessed with something and uh, golf equipment is something that I've been buying. Uh, it's something to do with my family, my brother. And so I become really obsessed with it. Um, and I think there's also this factor of like, trying to become better at something especially when like fans you were an athlete handful of us were athletes you know probably to like about high school or college and then uh probably haven't done anything super competitive like i remember i saw this video the other day and it like really made me think because like when's the last time like i really ran as fast as i could and it's probably been a couple of years since i've like literally like gave it everything i got to get from point a to point b and like it's kind of scary to think about um Cause what if you're in a situation where you need to be running and you just, you don't have it anymore. So um, there's something about being competitive and getting back into something that you want to become better at. I think is uh, it's good for your mental health. It's good for your physical health. Um, so Fanzo, if it's pickleball, then uh, I think we need to go find a leak or something. I want to see Travi. I know that you popped up, uh, Man, I would love to hear. We haven't chatted in a little bit. We'd love to hear any big wins, anything. What's going on in the world of Travi? What's up, Drew? What's up, Fanzo? Meta athletes, um, lazy sports, uh, NFT three sixty five. Fam is here. Um, yeah, man, I've been been busy, dude. Um, totally been full time Web three, Web three, Web three. And now that we're looking to put some of the grant funds into place, I've been taking a lot of meetings because. Um, even though it's not, you know, like a hundred ETH or anything like that, you know, the fact that the journey is, is really going to be putting money towards a school, uh, into some of the programs that are being defunded, I really, really want to make sure it's going to the right place. So I've been taking meetings. Um, I've been going into schools, but talking with administrators. So, uh, you know, the big win is, uh, I've been touching grass a lot more. Actually, I was out playing soccer, um, with, with like this fourth grade class that was having a recess. That was probably the first time I ran as fast as I could in very, very many years. So I totally feel you on that for sure. But yeah, you know, other than that, man, just gearing up for NFT NYC, 
uh, as you guys know, you know, uh, there's there's a lot of stuff going on there. But big win today is I've been calling Keith Suffs for about a year and a half. Is it are we going with Suffs now or are we are we sticking with Suffs? To be honest, he's never corrected me. I just kind of I've been going with it. Um, hopefully he messages me now or he'll call me later and tell me how to actually pronounce it. I don't know. Like Suffs, I guess, makes sense. But in my head, Suffs, I don't know. Maybe he what? doesn't care. Yeah, maybe it's like super suffs and we just like combine it. I'm going to invite him back up. I was looking for like a Dr. Seuss that was in the house earlier. <laughs> Dr. Very, Seuss. I love I was it. Like, yeah, I was like, cat in a hat is in the house. Like, I mean, green eggs and ham could be here. Like that could be a, a meta athlete's you know, nutrition side. We could have it as a, you know, green eggs and ham play. I like that. Well, he, he's back up. So. Uh, the question we've all been wondering, Suves or Suffs? I, you know, I, di- I haven't really thought about it, um, but I, I guess in my head I was saying Suves. Um, I I don't know. It's just my. It's just the, it's well, just the last four letters of my last name backwards is all it is. <laughs> last four letters of your name backwards. Yeah, the last name. So my last name. Oh, I love that. I love that even better. Like I'm, I'm Nareb Elab Osman <laughs> is my first middle last name backwards. And that if anyone, like this is, this is the true alpha of anyone's ever gotten a space. There's Twitter accounts and discord accounts that are my last name or my first name backwards that are usually my incognito. Like if I'm going to go sit, I sit in a lot of Twitter spaces under a Twitter account that is not my name just so that I can like learn. And so I mean, now we got <laughs> now we have that aligned. Right? I like that. I, I like that last name back. Yeah. Well, awesome. yeah. So you can you, it, so, it can be subs or subs. I don't care. I'll answer to anything. I I think it's definitely subs. I mean, it's it's literally your name, and uh, you said it was subs. So uh, Travi was was this whole time. <laughs> Travi's a little been calling you by the wrong name, but it's actually a great question. And Travi, I'm glad you brought it up because I like I saw it the other day, and. I was like, so like uh, my brain was just in a pretzel. Cause I was just like, what if it's not? And he's just been like, letting me, <laughs> letting me call him this name. That's like, uh, and then, but your last name totally makes sense. Now at first it kind of had me confused, but, um, Suves just makes sense. That's, that's how you would say your last name anyways. Right. Yeah. So it, it, the, the pronunciation of my last name is actually Stoltzfus. So I guess Suves. It's it's definitely there. So that is a uh, that's a great question answered, and uh, appreciate you coming back up to uh, to clear that up. Absolutely, Travi. That's a lot of cool stuff going on. Is there anything immediate that we should be paying attention to as holders? Because yeah. a lot of us here in this space has have minted in our holders of your project. Yeah, man. Um, there's a, there's a couple things I think I could speak to. Um, much of it we haven't released publicly yet, but um, the first and foremost for me. Um, on the personal level is, is really just making sure that, you know, I, I follow through with that promise, which was, you know, building uh, a wallet for these funds for the kids using a blockchain to do it. So I want to make sure at least for, you know, what we've done with the Genesis drop that I follow through with that. That's really important. Anything that we do in the future, um, is going to mimic that. So, you know, if once we get future drops and new characters and all the things added, um, Tyler and I, you know, we're going to combine forces on some more stuff. Um, but that's always going to be a component uh, to everything we do uh, with the journey. Also, holders are going to have, well, a lot of you already filled out a form. So we're finishing doing some of the airdrops there. Um, if you wanted to claim an airdrop uh, and you put your information on that form, um, that's going to be coming out. 
Um, I've just really been short on time to do a lot of that lately because it's it's just been me doing the airdrops. Um, additionally, if you uh, claimed merch, um, I've got an entire merch shipment that's being delivered. So everybody's going to get uh, that very first set. Um, then there's uh, a second, um, like a physical uh, piece of clothing that a lot of people are going to have the ability to claim. Um, but Web3 related, I think a couple things are fun I could talk about, um, though we haven't released all the details publicly yet. Um, I teamed up with an NFT musician. So he's doing an entire music drop where um, all the proceeds are going to go to our grant fund. And I think we're going to give holders uh, first access to be part of that um, at what I believe is going to be a discounted rate or at least um, a very accessible rate to get involved with that. Um, again, all funds are going to go to our um, our student uh, grant fund. Um, and we also have a really big thing I've been working on for a couple months now where we're teaming up with one of one artists. So there's going to be um, an entire collection um, by these one of one artists. Um, I, I don't want to name any yet, uh, but I've already received some of their work. Um, and same deal. Uh, we're, they're going to be receiving a portion of those proceeds because they're the artists, of course. Um, and then the rest will go. Um, into our grant fund, and I have to talk with the advising team on whether, um, you know, whether we need to hold any uh, for our for our um, wallet, uh, the journey wallet and stuff. But yeah, we're trying to give um, holders first crack at that. Um, it's going to be pretty exclusive. Um, you know, again, one of ones. There's only one. <laughs> That's why it's called that. Um, so we're we're trying to do some fun stuff with that. Um, and then you know, again, like more more partnerships, more things. Like the the biggest thing for me going into all this. I thought that IRL events were going to be the thing that every single person wanted because as you guys know, and fans, you know, like we've been to a lot of IRL events and like the access and the networking and all the things that you have when you're rubbing elbows with like founders. And I don't know if you, <laughs> I don't know if there's a such thing as a web three celebrity, but you know what I'm talking about. When you're in there with the people, you really feel like, wow, like that, this is web three come to life. Um, so, you know, I'm really bullish on IRL events. The community was really more just kind of like, hey, you know, we, we love the community. Like we want to network with one another. Uh, so, you know, with the uh, I haven't announced the board yet, but we have, I think, approximately 10, it might be 12 uh, board members that we're going to announce. And Drew, you and I were on a call recently. Um, you know, the board is really going to help put together a, a really great way for uh, holders of the journey to network with one another um, and you know, do it in a way where. No, very much like Drew. I know you're you're real bullish on um, those connections and all the things that go on in the Meta Athletes chat. We're gonna hopefully bring some of that to um, to a centralized. Well, dare I say centralized? But you know what I mean. Uh, a location where everybody could really learn from one another. Um, and if you know some of the holders of the journey, many of them are project founders and musicians and artists, like a lot of really cool people. Um, so you know, once that network uh, is put to place digitally. Um, I know Fanzo and I have had a few ideas of bringing some more of that to life. So, yeah, we're working on a lot, uh, but, you know, I, I don't know. It, it excites me, but it's one of those funny things as somebody who's like, I have all this information. I want everybody to know it, but it's just you can only release like so much at one time. So, yeah, but we're we're building, man. I love it. I love it, Travi. Yeah, I know it's um, you can hear the passion in your voice. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, a lot of us. Yeah, of course, we want to support you. It's a, it's definitely a worthy cause. Um, but there's a lot of passion that you've had and that you've had for years now. And um, it's definitely one of the conversations I've been having with a lot of like other founders and other people that we know that have been here for like two years, going on three years. It feels like, go actually, no, it feels like going on 10 years. But um, it's just like 
they had this idea, they built it, they executed it, and they still have passion for it. And, like there's something really cool about that aspect. Um, I mean, as they should, right. It's kind of similar to like startup world where, um, you know, it feels like it's their baby, something that they took as a vision and were able to execute on and um, were able to continue to build out. So it's cool to, uh, to hear an update on the project. And uh, you brought up another great point, which we can kind of transition to into a little bit before we close up today's space is uh, events. I think, you know, events are kind of like a huge topic this year with, um, you know, high-end projects and collections and collectives, you know, maybe not following through with their events. And it's kind of, some things are up in the air. And uh, we just had, um, I think it was called Outer Edge, like NF, formerly NFTLA. Um, <clears throat> it seems like it was like, first of all, I saw nothing on my feed about the Outer Edge or NFTLA. Like nobody tweeted about it. At least it didn't hit my side of the, uh, the Twitter sphere. And um, somebody I was talking to said that it, it was extremely downsized and like everything was in one room, I think is what they said. So I think from like speaking um, to vendors, to sponsors, to um, any type of attraction <coughs> seemed to be all in one room, which is kind of interesting because um, I know that it was a little bit more popular last year. But uh, Fanzo, I know you're, you're leaving soon for Miami, right? So uh, I'm kind of curious, any thoughts on events this year, ones you're looking forward to? Um, I think, you know, like VCon is a huge, I think that that one last year was, was so incredible. And I think, uh, this year will be even better. Um, that's one I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to, but we have, or I would say you have Miami. Most of the crew here is going to NFT, uh, NYC. And I believe you and I are making the trip to VCon again in, in Indianapolis this year. Curious your thoughts on some, uh, upcoming events. Yeah. You know, it's funny. This is another example of like, um, how similar yet different our Twitter feeds can be like. I had, a, I had a shit ton of NFTLA um, content in my feed, like a shit ton of it. But, um, and probably most of the stuff that you saw was through our, our group chat that I, that I was sending and, and posting. And, you know, it's such an interesting space where we're all at right now because, you know, where people were spending their money, where brands were spending their money was in like the same traditional way that they've done, right? And I did a survey when COVID happened, right? I, I lost, you know, 60 plus speaking gigs uh, in one month. And I was like, shit, I need to pivot to virtual. And then I decided to put out this survey to a bunch of the brands that sponsored in real life events. And was like, why do, what are you missing now that COVID has locked us down? Because like, I mean, truthfully, I just wanted to create that for them. Right. I wanted to be like, I'll create a virtual event that solves the problem or achieves the goal that you are now missing that you're not sponsoring an event. And I will tell you, it was one of the most disappointing, sad, pathetic, survey feedbacks I've ever had because a majority of the people that were spending hundreds of thousands, sometimes millions of dollars on these events could not tell me what their KPIs were or what they're actually like. They're like, well, the last guy said we got a full budget for it and we should just keep increasing, bringing our sales team out to this event. But like no one was giving me like tangible, like things like, you know, like some of them were saying like, well, we have to get email leads. And I was like, Oh, like what were you driving email leads for? And like, well, we didn't really ever use the last three years of email leads that we got at our booth, but like, you know, like that's how we quantified it. And like, so I say all that because I think we fell in that same trap in that the last two years of, of web three events. And, and Drew, you and I were at Miami NFT week last year, remember? And that main room um, was freaking massive, right? Remember that room where, you know, Mark Cuban was quote unquote, giving a presentation, AKA, Shill company that he backed up, yes, um, which is just a, a giant Cuban shill fest that that was last time. Um, but like the overall event was like, I mean, it was fun. We had, I mean, we had a blast from like 
um, the venue, the, the, the experience, like I would argue some of the content at that Miami NFT week was some of the better content of the entire, um, you know, of the, of all the events that we attended, whatever, however many we went to. Um, but I, it'll be interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm heading down there tomorrow. Uh, I'm on stage twice on Friday. I'm moderating a panel Friday morning. I'm on a panel Friday evening. And then Saturday I'm doing, I'm on a panel again, um, which isn't a flex because <laughs> I think that's also an interesting, like I was just asked today to be on the panel for the Saturday one because someone uh, was backing out. One of the sponsors um, isn't going to sponsor, so they're they're not going to take their spot on that one panel. So I think it'll be interesting. Like um, I'll be able to I'll be able to report back, you know, next Wednesday on like what because like I mean I really feel like Miami NFT Week, what it was. I mean you and I remember we walked through all that. Like I kept asking people like you know what NFTs do you hold, and a majority of people are like dude, I don't even have a wallet. Like I came to this event to figure that out or they were like, hey, I'm huge into crypto. I couldn't figure out why these monkey photos were popular, but I saw Miami NFT week was here, right? And I loved that. Like I loved like the networking at Miami NFT week last year. I thought it was really fun, that environment. It was less, it was different than NFT NYC. But what worries me is like, how many people have that same feeling right now in this space? Like where you're like kind of sitting on the outside being like, I mean, I don't know. I think it's a, it's a hard thing to sell. So I'm, I'm rooting for, um, the events, but I, I, I think my like prediction is that we're going to have to just re we have to like reinvent, like, what does the content look like? Right. Just cause you can have 1800 sponsors on five different stages, um, and, and have all those people there. doesn't mean it's a great experience that people want to spend their hard earned money for. And, and it, it's a, it takes a lot of money to, to bring any person or a team or, or a group of people to take that time off of work, to fly down, to get a hotel, to, you know, to get, you know, Ubers back and forth to, you know, spend on, on food. Um, and let's face it. I think, I think we were all riding the continued hype of these events for those first two years. And we, we kind of neglected what it meant to value people's time uh, at these events. And it probably needed a pullback for us to reset it. And that's why, I mean, I, I'm not, I think the same thing with econ, my, my prediction of econ this year is it's not going to be as big and as elaborate and as extravagant um, as it was last year. Although I, you know, going into VCon last year, I had, my expectations were so damn lo like low just cause I, I wasn't sure what Gary was going to put out. And, you know, I think, you know, Drew, you and I were there for like three hours and I was like, holy shit, this guy pulled off maybe one of the best event experiences and like just overall energy that I had seen um, at an event. So my, yeah, my, it'll be interesting to see how, Miami NFT week, NFT NYC, you know, and NFT NYC being decoupled from, um, you know, the, the ape fest is also, you know, an interesting byproduct of all of this. So yeah, there's lots of moving parts, but I'll report back next week on, on kind of the pulse of uh, Miami NFT week. I love it. Yeah. It's, um, it's weird because I don't really have FOMO for Miami for some reason, even though it was really fun. There was a lot of opportunity to network with people that, you know, we've been chatting with and man, we spent like hours and like hundreds of hours. It seemed like, and I probably was on like clubhouse and spaces before we went to that first Miami trip. But um, yeah, VCon, I don't know if you've caught this uh, Fanzo, but you know, obviously there's a lot of ramp up for the event marketing for VCon outside of just the NFT world and just the holder world. And, um, you know, Gary and team are looking to show and explain how to buy these tickets. And if you remember last year, like when the, when VFriends one is really popular and they're talking about the utility being the conference, uh, they explained it as a web three conference. And 
that's how I remember them kind of marketing and, and pushing forward um, just the these three events, which were essentially the main utility of holding a VFriends one in the short term. And um, if you've listened to any recent podcasts, Gary calls it the super business conference. And the super business conference for like creators that you don't want to miss out. And um, <clears throat> so it's the, the language is shifting a little bit, but to me, I think that is, I mean, I don't know. It sounds so simple, but to a lot of his, you know, really, really loyal listeners or people that, you know, tune into his content um, you're right. Like within three hours, I mean, I, first of all, the line was crazy. So uh, like that was, I wouldn't count that. I would say our, our timer started right when we went through the doors because it was like <laughs> you and I were standing out there around, we were wrapped around an NFL stadium you know, like waiting in line for hours, which you and at I both like, 30 in the freaking rain. At, <laughs> like, and we even said, we're going to go there two hours beforehand because these freaking V friends people are nuts. And then we saw on Twitter, like four hours beforehand, there was already like hundreds of people in line. I was like, what the hell is going on? But, but I will agree that within three hours, you and I, we had like a coffee free breakfast sandwich right when we walked in. Uh, we it got kicked off with the comedy show with you know a couple of like Instagram and TikTok influencers that that uh, do a really really great Gary V impression and then like within the three hours we also ran into a ton of friends and and then boom Pharrell was on stage and like having Pharrell talk about like the the concept of like this revolution happening within NFTs and banking and all this stuff um, it was a super cool like to me it was definitely a highlight of this world in general so far. Um, and just like the people that he brought together. So I see what you're saying in terms of, you know, maybe the, the red carpet being pulled out, uh, for, is that another stadium? But I think it's going to be another great show up of like great quality people, whether you're a creator, whether you're an NFT founder, you're a project, you're a collection, you're one of Gary's investments. Uh, I think it's going to be another, uh, big turnout of like quality people. And I think that that's, that's you know Trevor you kind of mentioned this earlier too it's like that's where like for myself like I ran into people that I've been chatting with online and social media for years and I didn't even know that they like even knew what VCon was and I ran into them there and like to me like that was the highlight of like seeing all these people that like Gary brought together in one place but um Travi saw you had your hand up uh yeah actually you, you guys just kind of hit it uh, on the head there so last year uh NFT NYC was in June and VCon was was it like the month before, right? So I remember the biggest knock on NFT NYC last year was how everything was so spread out and simultaneous. It was hard to get to places in general, um, and you know, let alone if you wanted to hit a couple stages in a short period of time, see people speak. Um, I think they learned their lesson a little bit because NFT London was really in one location. Like it was really cool. You got to go to everything under one roof, and it was in a really great spot. I think this year, I think VCon's always going to be good because Gary does the one thing that all you, the three of us talk about most, and that is showing up. And he shows up, and he shows up, and he shows up. And, and I could see him continuing to do that for as long as he lives, right? And that's the whole point of, of the whole VFriends network there. But I think if I'm looking at NFT NYC in the way I think I'm looking at it, I know that they're saying Hudson Yards, and they're saying Times Square. But I think most of the stages are going to be at Hudson Yards, which is the Javits Center, which is gigantic, which means there's no reason why they couldn't have all the stages or at least like most of them all in one spot. So what I want to say to anybody who 
maybe knows what NFT NYC is or thinking about going or maybe not sure or whatever, even if you can't make the conference, even if you don't want to kind of sit and watch people talk, which I do think there's a lot of value in, obviously, because I'm, I'm one of those people. But I think that getting, if you can get to any of even like the nighttime events and you'll, you'll see like, wow, having access to this event because I own NFTX, like gives you access to meet these founders, meet these people. Most of the time it's an open bar. Most of the time it's a really good time and you get to like really hang out with these people who have these, you know, cartoon faces, <laughs> these profile pictures. It, it kind of really, to, to me, NFT NYC last year was the thing that really like opened my eyes to how it's, it's not just a PFP anymore. Like it's a whole, it opens up a lot of doors, a lot of networking, there's a whole world to it. So, um, yeah, man, I think you're gonna have a great time at VCon. It's hard for me to get away with a two and a three year old, but NFT NYC is a very short trip from where I live. Uh, so I will at least be seeing you there. I look forward to it, Travi. I feel like we didn't get to spend as much time uh, the last trip. And so um, now that you're you're part of, and I think is Delphi, Delphi still in here? Now that you uh, you have the itinerary, I don't think uh, you're going to be able to, to lose us and uh, and shake us. And I do, I missed out on NFT London. So um, I look forward to, to spending some good quality with you guys. But um, Fanzo, I think we're going to wrap here for today. Um, Incredible Wednesday. I gotta go. My dogs are barking, and so I had to like literally shut them up before I, I hop back um to the to the mic. But I need to take them out, feed them. Um, anything, Fanzo, that you want to leave anybody with? I think um, I don't know. It feels NFTs and and Web three kind of feels like it's uh, maybe I'm just riding this high from from Nakamigos, but it feels kind of good. I don't know. For a couple months, it was like a little bit kind of dark, and uh, maybe it's these events coming back into play and. Uh, more connections and i know there's a lot of cool people you're going to be meeting up with in miami but um what do you think what do you do you, do you have a good outlook on uh the nft summer yeah i mean i think yeah i think we're just at a we're to, we're to you know like this is the malcolm gladwell um tipping point right like there's a tipping point in i think in the overall like you know it's easy to kind of you know uh you know, say that it's the building environment or claim that it's um you know, everyone's all in our, you know, this whole space, but like, you know, we've, we've, we've gone through a lot of rocky times in the space, a lot of, um, you know, things being exposed, a lot of things outside of our control, a lot of things blamed on web three and they were just greedy, you know, ridiculous, greedy assholes that were, you know, running companies like FTX and, and, you know, if Silicon Valley bank was on the blockchain, we would have known that they were so over leveraged and it would have been a different, you know, and we would have even been able to see like the, how the bank ran run happened. And, and so I think a lot of those things, hopefully, like, you know, allowed those of us that still believe in this space so wholeheartedly to, like, recognize that, like, you know, the space still has the value. Like, I, I still believe in every core aspect that I did three years ago. I think where we're at now is just, like, people doubling down on that, owning that, celebrating that. And, you know, I think, you know, it ties into the events. Like, I think we're going to see a lot less about, like, the, hey, let's hang out with a bunch of bros uh, you know, broing out so we can bro it on on Twitter and more being like, hey, like who are the people that I want to surround myself that are leveling me up, that are making me better? And I know, you know, Meta Athletes only has, you know, a couple of days left on the, you know, mint one, get one uh, piece. And, and Drew just did this entire space without one time even bringing that up or shilling that or talking about that because uh, Drew and I have that same, you know, same disease that we both share is that like, hate to be talking about ourselves um, and we would rather not have to do that. But 
Like I just like I love seeing a lot of the meta athletes content in my feed, right? And like so many people in the room right now, like I see them, you know, sharing and, and putting out like what the you know the project means to them. And like that wasn't a, like no one shared what projects meant to them nine months ago. We just talked about what I bought it for, what I flipped it for, or what decision I made, or what kind of idiot I was for celebrating my 0.9 Goblin Town sale when everyone else was in the 1.9 ETH version. But like, it's kind of cool to see that the, it's not just about like, you know, the word utility, but it's about like, what does a project mean to somebody? And then what does, like, how does that continue to manifest itself? And I, I, I think like we are gonna move, like my prediction for the summer is, is we're gonna have a one-to-one -one adoption rate where everyone that is in this space right now that found their project and their people, they're gonna onboard at least one more person in this space. So like, I feel like the space will double in a year, or in a year, in the summertime, just based simply on all of us just bringing one person into it because we can actually talk with conviction about what the hell this space meant because it was really hard to explain to people you know, a year ago if they weren't into collectibles or they weren't into crypto or they weren't into Discord or Twitter or all this craziness that we all kind of um, sat through. So that's where I'm excited about. Um, I, I'm definitely interested, like this Miami NFT week, like, you know, it'll be interesting just hearing the the narratives that are shared even on panels because, you know, so much before was like not only high level, but it was like we were, you know, we were all repeating and, and rinsing and washing the same stuff. And I think we can we can do better than that, you know, moving forward. And I think, you know, the journey is a great example of that. The meta athletes is a great ex example of that. You know, we talked about what Lazy Lions just did um, with what they're doing, which I think is another, you know, great one. I see Crypto Tech Women, you know, PFP in the audience, another great project doing great things with education. I see, you know, Bubblegum Kids who, you know, I minted them on Mint Day way, way, way back when, just because I love the freaking art. It was the first project I ever said, like, damn, that art just is is like for me. And like the fact that like those kind of projects are are existing they're building i have my daughter was reading the bubblegum kids comic book uh the other day and i told her i was like hey remember that that picture that daddy had on his phone like that's part of this you know economy that's part of this community and like those are some cool things that we can actually you know touch to you know including starbucks right i can rub that in because travi's up here on stage um you know i can i can brag about my 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 all, my soon to be next week will be sixth of six uh nft starbucks nfts but that's my my prediction and like my my look into the summer is we're gonna see a double in growth just because we're gonna have each you know person that's in this space that kind of believes in it um is gonna have that one to one relationship to where you can bring in one great person and I mean who the hell doesn't want to be in a space where we we double the amount of great people in it? I so many great points, dude, and I, I really the the Starbucks is is starting to resonate with me greatly even though I did not well first of all. I feel like I got uh, I feel like I got rugged before I even started because I swear I was one of the first people to join the waitlist and like people didn't even know about it. I was already on this waitlist and it like never came to me and I never had like this. Uh, I feel like the invite got lost in the mail uh, for the Starbucks, uh, the early drops. But it is interesting to hear, you know, your guys' experience with it and um, something I couldn't help but notice. So I actually have not gone through like the um, – the you know what it looks like and collecting and uh, you know in this in this i guess it's all in the starbucks app right um i did recently do a a reddit nft which was for free i don't know if you saw that one fanzo i i tweeted about it but um you know it was 
it was really seamless. Like you create another single sign-on, it seemed like, or you create like a, I don't even know if they called it a wallet or a vault or they called it something special, but um, it was so seamless. Like you literally just went to your Reddit account, you went to settings, you know, you picked out, you basically created a character and they had like, you know, a hundred thousand or 50,000 in supply. And so um, a certain amount of people grab these things, um, but it doesn't sit on, it doesn't sit on a wallet, right? Like, or it doesn't sit on like a, a crypto wallet that I own. It just sits in, in Reddit. And I couldn't help but notice because I got a notification from Chipotle, you know, like I think everybody here pretty much knows that you and I are just massive Chipotle fans um, that over the last couple of months and even the last like year or two years, they've like, they've started these like stamps, right? I forgot what they called them, like maybe uh, tokens or collectibles or something. But um, I kind of felt like what you guys are feeling, I think through Starbucks, because I got a notification. It was like, Hey, it's like national, it's like national chip and guac day or something. And they're like, don't forget if you order today, you can grab your token. And I like within five minutes, I like, cause my brother lives in the same complex. I called him up. I was like, Hey dude, I'm ordering triple A. Do you want anything? He doesn't know. Like he doesn't care, but I, I solely ordered because I wanted this token just in case in the future, they do have some type of web three enabled function or mechanism. They have to like give first access to the people that have been collecting these tokens, right. Or these like in-app experiences. And so I'm kind of like, I'm kind of hedging and, and trying to set myself up for future Chipotle Web3 success by collecting these things. But uh, Fenzo, what do you think? You think that they're going to make a play? Because I mean, they're like, they've it's been, set up perfectly. And they've been early on so much. Like I was actually surprised they still haven't like pushed, like you know, they were, they did have, they did have the crypto game that they rolled out, you know, a while back. Um, I remember I, like, I, I made it my homepage on my browser because I wanted to make sure I was like refreshing that. And I never, I stuck to that. Like that, it, I guess that's like kind of a theme of mine. I like I've never won one of those Royal Rumble things in uh, in Discord. Uh, I don't think I've ever won like the like you know randomized thing on. And I, and funny enough, I still play. Like I'm that guy that like still goes to the you know the person that goes to the casino and never you know, they put twenty dollars into the the slot machine every time and they've never w- left with more than twenty dollars. Like I feel like I'm that guy for like NFT random online games. But yeah, I think Chipotle is a no-brainer from, and I and I will tell you like the you know for anyone heard the interview I did with with Bunch from you know the star uh, the agency bringing on Starbucks, I mean the entire interview kind of outlines what it like what it takes to bring in like a brand like that and like having a mobile app experience, having brand affi- you know a, a, a affiliation, and then also being a brand that has a social presence that you can kind of leverage, is like a a win-win-win recipe for um for a brand coming into space and chipotle checks every one of those marks so uh i and i don't know if you sign up for chipotle's text messages the amount of money i spend from that damn text message service because every time it pops up like i wake up and it's like 9 a.m and it's like did you know guac is free i don't even get eat guac i don't like guac my daughters do but i still order starbucks the damn day that i get like the notification that like guac is free that day even though i'm not even getting guac so like they do have a um they have a good pulse on that. And I think we could, prob- we could probably all learn from that in all of our like marketing and our web three world of like, how do we create that same kind of connection and affinity and, and things. But uh, I like that you're, you're positioning yourself for future Chipotle rewards. And that I hope that you know, I squeeze in there and I get uh, alpha or beta access uh, before you again, but um, you know, we'll see. I love it. I love it. And you probably will. I feel like, uh, I feel like you get kind of lucky on some of these things. Um, but all right, today was uh, 
honestly, it was a conversation. I didn't even know where we we're headed, but uh, I think we found ourselves on the way and it was, uh, it was very enjoyable for myself and I appreciate everybody for coming up. Um, hope everybody has a great night. Celebrate your wins. Um, if you want to share it, throw in our Discord or our Twitter group chats. Appreciate you all. Talk soon.